Wow. And yeah, that's one of 12, uh, Matthew twelve thirty four is what I'm supposed to speak on tonight. So thank you, Robbie. I'm going home now. Right? No, but really, I heard this and she just, you guys just said that. That's why we do this, because I know your mind's racing. Go ahead. You got that too? Be still. Yeah, because we know we're racing and we don't know where we're going, but we're racing. And we, don't, we forget to hear God sometimes. We don't mean to. We have good intentions. But if you have noticed, everything crowds them out sometimes. Daily things of life, chores, all those things we got to do. So once in a while, we have to just be still and uh, know he's God. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about that tonight a little bit. Because really, she said, we're great because he made us great. All right, here's another one. You're strong because he's made you strong. That's what tonight is. We've been talking about the life of victory for the last 12. We will do it for the whole year. But this one is strong. we got four weeks of being strong. You're strong because God has made you strong. And I'm going to give you um, a backdrop, uh, a scripture that will make you strong, how you sustain, how you can stay strong. And it really comes out of one place, God's word. God's word. That's how you become strong. Let's go to Joshua 1.8, and we'll go ahead and um, dive into this. I read it for uh, for our offering, and uh, it's by, by design. It's because I wanted to read it twice. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night. You want to circle that. So you be able, be, may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. But then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And this is the really the ordination, and the um, God is ordaining Joshua to take the people into the promised land. Prior to the scripture, he talks about it gives them the promise that no man will stand before you everywhere you put your foot down. It's yours. And you ever recognize something in the Bible? God is a natural encourager. Because he always puts the promises first before the problem. You ever recognize when you read the Bible? You start off in the beginning, Moses, this is going to happen. Here's the promises. Okay, now go do it. And then there's major problems. And he goes back and he remembers the promises. The reason why he put the promises first to encourage us so we can remember the promises whenever we encounter the problem. If you read the whole Bible, it's always a promise first, then there's the job, and then you got to remember the promise because the job is always above and it's hard. And he told them this, meditate on it. Stay on it. Why? Because it's going to be tough. There's going to be a battle. You got to take two million people in. And they said this to him. I know he was nervous because he said, be strong and have courage. Told him that three times. I know why Joshua got scared, because those people told him this. We're going to follow you like we followed Moses. And he's like, oh, please don't. <laughs> I, remember my, I remember my mentor standing before God and asking for him to kill him. Don't follow me like that. Turn over a new leaf. And God told him three times, be strong and have courage. And the reason why he told him that, because he, and he gave him the solution, which came in Joshua 1.8. Joshua's strength and courage would come from God's word. 
It won't come from anywhere else. It'll only come from God's word. And that's why he told them that. And then he told them some other instructions. We're going to go through those things. And remember I told you in the beginning, it's not about having good success for us. It's God-type success for uh, us and for the world. We want to walk in God's success, not in our own success. Our success is limited in nature. God's success goes on from generation to generation. You recognize a whole family walking with God creates another family walking with God, creates another family walking generations with generations. Success, man's side success, man, father made a fortune, he dies, what happens to it? It's gone. Man's success is only at least one generation, not even that long. We all know in companies that we grew up with, they close the doors. We thought they'll be around forever because it's limited. With God's success, it's unlimited and it continues to go on and go on. Make sense? So his secret to strength and success is God's word. The secret to strength and success is God's word. Not a pep talk. Have to be in his word. To gain strength and to maintain strength and to sustain strength. Because the word is timeless and it's very encouraging. We're going to break it down. He told him to do three things. Speak, meditate, and obey. I'm going to give you some tips on how to speak and how to meditate on the word and how to obey the word. Because we're all such a busy culture. But I think God blessed us with technology which should work in our favor, not against us. First thing he said, speak the word. He says, "What?" and there's a scripture in Matthew 12, 34. Someone go there. You brought in vipers. This is Jesus talking to the religious folks, not to the lost folks. How can you speak good when you are evil? Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. The reason why you want to speak the promise and speak the word, because you can defeat yourself by your words. Because whatever's in you, if life finds no faith in you and it finds doubt, you'll speak doubt. And it will wear you out. But if you find faith and you speak faith, now not faith for faith, but that will encourage you through the the times of the storms. Because storms always come. But the pressure on the inside has to be greater than the pressure on the outside that's pressing you. If it's weak, you'll get crushed. And someone said it today. When you miss church or you miss time, you become grouchy. Yeah, because the same thing happens to you every day. It's just your response to it. If you're full, it's a great response. If you're empty, no one wants to be around you. But speaking God's word, that's why he puts the promises first so we can remember Write that word down. Remember. Sometime all you have is a memory. If it's a God memory, hang on to that until you get through it. You got to remember how his word will never let you down. People will. Relationships will. But God will never do it. That's why you got to hang your life upon God, not upon things. Try to teach married couples this. 
when you hear them songs, we all grew up, with, well, you didn't grow up, I'm older, but The Temptations, You're My Everything, Motown, great songs, but it's a lie, isn't it? Isn't it? It's a lie. She can't be everything. He can't be everything. God has to be everything to draw us together. <laughs> Without him in the center of our lives, in the word, in the core of our being, we will not make it. I'm telling you. And times are getting, I've talked to a lost guy today. He was more frightened about what the world's going to look like. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I didn't even know you thought that way. He said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to continue to ask God to fix our nation. And I told him, he said, what should I do? I said, you need to come to church. Because the only hope you think you have, you don't have it. You need to come to hear who God is, who Jesus is. And then you'll have a better perspective. But he was lost as a goose. But I tell you what, he was, most, he was so fearful of what it's going to look like in four years. And this was coming out of his mouth. See? Now, coming out of my mouth, I'm like, this is a perfect opportunity, man. Can't wait to meet you next week again. Interrupted my, my prayer walk this morning. First, I got mad. Like, man, you know. I said, you're going to preach this tonight, huh? You know, superhero pastor. Supposed to know every, like everybody in the morning. Now, I didn't have no coffee. I was walking. I was praying. Yeah, you know how bad it is when I don't have my coffee. That's the liquid anointing. Amen? All right. <laughs> anyway, but when we settled down for 45 minutes, it was an interesting conversation. And he, he said a lot in 45 minutes that I'm glad that God didn't interrupt my life to be able to speak to him and plant some seeds there. But his words sounded like it should sound because he didn't know who Jesus was. Our words should sound what Jesus would say. Because the promises, we don't want to forget. We want to remember. We want to remember. That's why he does that. He puts the promises first. He puts all the blessings first and then go to work so you don't forget. Like Moses forgot. He told them, look, you're going to get the people out of Egypt. No problem. But I'm going to this guy's going to harden his heart. It's going to get tough. And the minute he got smacked, he said, God, I thought you told me. He said, don't you remember when I told you? It's going to happen. But you forgot. Now, he said, go back. And he remembered. Deuteronomy is a book of remembrance. Now, Joshua didn't have a full Bible like we do. He had the first four books, five books, five books, four books, five, thank you, of what Moses left behind. And that's all he needed to be successful in God's eyes. We have the whole Bible, the whole counsel of God. We should not leave home without them. But what I'm talking about, speak the word. One of my professors said this. He said, if you do not talk to your Bible, your Bible will not talk to you. Now, in the, in the days of the Jews, when they were, it was very common for them to read the word and speak back to it and start muttering about what it said. And they're just talking to themselves. Remembering and remembering and just speaking. 
it was okay for them to speak to themselves. Now, if you're from a big city like I am in New York, people speak to themselves all the time. I leave them alone. As long as they keep speaking. Now, when they stop speaking, then we got to leave. But really, just speaking it back. If you don't talk to your Bible, it won't talk back to you because it's a living document. God breath, as 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it's God breath. They wrote it by the breath of God. And every time we read it, we get a breath of God into our lives, which fills us up. How many, when you're just feeling down and you're getting the word, how do you feel? Wow. Every day, guys. Every day. Now, he says, speak the word, because when you speak, whatever you're thinking goes away. If you're thinking doom and you speak faith, you don't remember the doom. Second thing he says, meditate daily, because meditation brings revelation. Now, we are a very busy culture, right? So, I don't have time to meditate, Pastor Rich. Yes, you do. I have this crafty thing here called a phone. And you can thank Jack Dunn for this because he's the one showed me how to do this. And when I was really busy in the military, going up, getting up 4 o'clock in the morning, coming back late at night, um, one of my uh, mentors gave me um, the Bible on, oh, you guys might, okay, you guys are young. Remember cassette tapes? Okay. <laughs> and I had, remember the little playback? Well, maybe you don't. Anyway, I got one in my house somewhere. You put it in there, and you have a little playback. You're like, like, what are you talking about? Anyway, uh, little cassette thing. I was cool. Everyone had the boom box. I had a little cassette thing. And them big old crazy earphones used to wear. Huh? A Walkman. Yeah. With a cassette tape in it. And what it was, it was the Bible. On the way to work, I have it in my ears. And I just, you know, it's cassette tapes. You just run it back. And on the way to lunch, you have it in your ear. And I did, you, what are you doing? You're hearing it. And I'm a guy. It don't have pictures, but at least I can hear it. I don't have to read it. But what I started to do is get the word in me. I started to get, this is the time when it talks about meditating, guys, being creative. Now, we're very creative for the things we want to do. But not creative to hear enough to hear God. Now, on my phone, I have, what happened? See, Dusty should have gave me her iPhone. I wouldn't have that problem. Okay. All right. Here we go. Now, it was amazing when I did this. You version? Who got a you version of the Bible? To Joshua. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. See how that goes? Keep going. Y'all got the music behind it. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so what? Yeah, something else. And mine's still working. I got to get an iPhone. No, I don't. 
No, no, I love my robot. It's a robot. But she doesn't want to cooperate because she know. there you go. There's my robot. Watch this. Hey, hey, hey. It's loading. See what happens when it loads up? It's a robot. The more powerful, the more it takes to load up. <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> what I'm getting at is when it talks about meditating in the word, it talks about really means mutter. Get it inside. That they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So I'm needy, so give. Anyway, just kidding. Um, what I'm getting at, guys, is being creative. I understand technology. I understand we're busy. The Industrial Revolution promised that we were going to work less. <laughs> And we read books by um, Wigglesworth and all those guys when they got up and spent four hours before the Lord. Let me turn it off. I just, there you go. My son isn't here to teach me how to do that. Anyway, um, and they had that time. He used to say a statement, I have so much to do, that means I must spend more time in prayer. But the Industrial Revolution came and all the, and all the busyness of life happen, which took, takes us out of God's word in that time together. I'm look, what I'm saying this is, without meditation, you won't have any revelation. And God doesn't want us to live our life on just information. It's a lot of smart people, but there's not a lot of people with revelation. And you need to know, if you're going through, you got to have a revelation of what God is saying to you and where he wants to take you. And once you have that revelation, peace comes. All things come. But if it's just information from me, it's not going to do you any good. And I got to get the same thing on Revelation like you do. I got to get creative and figure out. That's what I do with the you version. I'm so happy for Life Church coming out with that. Whatever it takes, that has to be a priority. If I'm riding in the car with a 15-minute town, 15 minutes, you give God five minutes, he can do a work. Because he, know, he knows how busy you are. Don't apologize. He knows it. Just be creative. He's given us the creative minds to do creative things. But if you don't, you'll walk through life where we're the ones that are supposed to be the most exciting people on the planet. Think about it. And we look like everyone else, dead, tired, no hope, don't know what's going on. No one wants to go around that. They'd rather go to a bar where people fake it. Think about it. One guy says, David, I've got the same thing as a church. All different people come in and they're all exciting and they're happy. Until the next morning, they ain't happy. <laughs> they wish they weren't there all night. But think about it. When they see us, they see Christ, the excitement. But Christ has to be in us for it to be focused outward. Because what's in us is going to show. And really... Guys, time is, like we've seen, is it's going faster and faster, and we don't have time anymore to just play church. It's time to really be the church, because when someone said, we're the ones with all the answers. 
we're the ones with all the answers. So, and at the same time, he wants us to do it when we're going through something. That's why you got to be full and you got to meditate on God's word. That makes you what? Strong. Because you are strong. Last thing is, obey. I love this. Obedience helps us stay in God's direction even as we go through challenges while claiming his promises. If you ever um, put up a fence um, and you put um, a picket fence up and you put a, um, a chalk line to see where you want that fence to go. If you don't have it straight and if it's off a little bit, by the time you get down to about the 25th peg, everyone's looking like this. But the chalk line helps you get from point A to point B straight. God's word is a chalk line of life to get us where we need to go, direct shot. So we don't go to the left or go to the right because we all want to answer. Which way should I go, God? The Bible will give you a, a chalk line that is straight. And everything that you put together will be straight. Your family will be straight. Your job will be straight because your chalk line is God. Think about it. When it's not, it's off. Here's the problem. When people's marriages or anything that's going on in life, it's a gospel-related item. It's where they put Jesus in their life. If Jesus is down here, that's how their marriage is going to go. Think about it. Everyone puts Jesus puts it down, and then we want to do what we want to do, and everything's off. And then you want, oh, can you fix it? You can't fix it unless you put Jesus there and you get the chalk line going straight. Like you tell young people, you're living together? Is that off by God's word? Let's be honest now, right? Chalk line says be straight. Everything you created that's going to be off. Think about it. When it's straight, the chalk line, it's easy to get off course, especially when you get hit. You ever get hit and you just lose your way? Like I told y'all when I hit my head and I was scrambling on the two feet of water. Till someone down and said, stand up, and I, got, I found my way. When you get hit sometime, you lose your way, and you're off. But when you go to God's word, after you um, went into it, you start to see, you start to obey. Obedience always precedes success. I'll give you an example. Go to Psalms 1, 1 through 3 how you can fade so quickly, how easy it is to get deceived if we stay out of God's word, just swaying off. It says, blesses the man who walks not in the uh, counsel of the wicked. Circle the word walk. Nor stands. Circle the word stands. In the way of sinners. Nor sits. Circle the way sit. The word sit. In the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. Go. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields his fruit in its season. That's the timing thing. His leaf does not wither. And all that he does prospers. When you're off and your, your chalk line is off, first thing happens you start walking the wrong way. Then you're in the wrong place and you stand there. 
and you think this is the place to be, then you just park there, and you're off. See how you fade out? But when you're in God's word, you won't, you won't go walk away. You won't stand in the wrong place, and you definitely won't sit down in the wrong place. And it happens a lot when we get hits versus going back to bend back into God's word. We've been back into something else that will maybe I'll give us some relief. And it takes us to the wrong spot. Make sense? And that's what it is. It's just a fade off. Your chalk line's off. And that's what discipleship's all about. People that act, hey, man, I think you're off just a little bit. Most of the time, it's just off a little bit. Make sense? And that's what God's words does. But you know the greatest thing is? It's delightful to be challenged by God's word. It's delightful to know the right way to go, isn't it? How many, I, you know, I'm, I still have to, God's deliver me from getting angry when I get lost. Because I'm, God would tell you, I get lost, I panic, get mad, because I'm lost. And I got to learn when the Holy Spirit tells me the right way to go. I got to be delightful. Right? I'm learning. <laughs> got to be delightful, honey. It's over there. Yeah, chalk line says, this way. <laughs> so, makes sense, guys. The chalk line of our lives, so you don't get steered off and get caught up and damage other people. Next week, we're going to talk about consecration. You're strong because you consecrate yourself and not look like the world. You start looking like Jesus. Because we got to get away from that. We don't want to play the sides of the fences anymore. We want to be whole. We want to be holy as God says be holy. And we want to have major influence. But we have to take those things and say, I don't want to be this. I'm tired of that. And I have to fight in this word to get in this word. I know everyone's, I am as busy as you are. And it's tempting to just go off without it. But I'm telling you, we have to be serious and we have to be really diligent. Because as we sit down on Wednesday nights and I give you that time, like she said, Kristen said, it was tough because I'm still, everything's rushing. Everything's rushing. And then we have to be a people, when we hear the word, we obey it. And obedience is so much peace. Now, it's, it, it hurts the flesh sometimes, but it's peace at the very end of it. How many want to be on a chalk line on your destiny? You don't want to miss, do you? You want to have a perfect shot at it. And his, I'm imperfect, but this word is perfect. Then we all stand. That's why you're strong, because God made you strong. But how we maintain, how we sustain strength, God's word. Whatever you're going through, here's another idea. Whatever you're going through, find the one word that relates to that. Go and there's no embarrassment in going to the back of your Bible and finding that word and finding that scriptures, all those scriptures, and you take them. And now with the new technology online, you cut and you paste. And that becomes your chalk line 
out of the mess. I still do it. When it comes, I need to be encouraged. When I get hard on myself, I love, you always hear me say Philippians 4.13. That's oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Why do you think I keep saying that? Because I have someone, I believe sometime I can't. So I have to keep the chalk line saying, yes, you can. Because if I believe what I can't do, I won't show up to do what I'm supposed to do. So I want to keep it straight. Find those scriptures, whatever you, all you guys, what, and everyone's going through something. I can hear it. Find that word and counterculture, counter it with the truth. And you read that. I don't care if it's just one scripture. You read it. You chew on it. You meditate it and let it just come out of your being. And you're stronger than any issue that you're going through. God's weakness is stronger than anything the devil has. Because you're strong. You're created strong. We weren't created to struggle. We were created with strength. Because the Mago Day, God inside of us. He said, let us make man in our image. What does God look like? You, you, me, her, him, everybody. You want to see what God looks like? Look around the room. It's a picture of cut off and we're just off the block. There's no mistakes here. Someone need to hear that tonight. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you right now, God.